Hola and Ida Hanyanidu Welcome to the third episode of the Naturally Ever After podcast. My name is Nidia Guiti, and by profession, I am a licensed clinical social worker. In this podcast, I share ways to overcome emotional barriers and obtaining outward beauty. I firmly believe that mindset and perspective shifts how we think and feel about ourselves. Okay, let's get into it. In this episode, I am going to recap a few things that I did see this weekend. But before I get into that, I just want to give a special happy belated Mother's Day to all the mommies in the world, all of the bonus moms, all of the maternal figures that have a huge impact in the in the lives of babies. <laughs> or, I mean, the next generation, whatever you want to call it. Just people. Shout out to the maternal roles out there. I know that I have multiple moms, if that makes sense. Definitely moms and maternal role models. I can think back to when I was at UVM, the University of Vermont. One of the women that played a major role in my academic performance, or rather improving my academic performance, and even staying in Vermont at that is um, Dr. Harriet I. Williams, who is also my sorority sister. And I remember being at UVM multiple times. I'm talking about like going to her office sobbing because either this happened or that happened. And she just always kept a calm composure, listened to me, and then directed me in whatever direction I needed to go in to get shit done. And she is... I don't know. I feel like she's more like my sister mom. But needless to say, mom... And she helped me in ways that my biological mother couldn't in that time. Um, Simply because, like, my mom never went to college or didn't have the opportunity to go to college, rather. And Harriet was just there for me in ways that this podcast is not long enough (laughs) for me to even tell you all the things that this woman has listened to um, that I've shared with her. So, anyway, shout out to all of the moms and... Yeah, let's get into this episode. There were a few things I saw this weekend that I'm going to be referencing throughout this podcast. The first one is Girl Trek. And Girl Trek had a Facebook Live with Nikki Giovanni and Angela Davis. I'm going to be posting the link to that video in the description of this podcast just so that you can see the whole thing for yourself. And they had a Daughters of campaign prior to Mother's Day to pay homage to the women that came before us, which made me curious to ask my mom, like, you know, what are my grandmother's names? Now, I know my grandmother's full name and my great-grandmother, but I didn't know my great-great-great-grandmother and was curious about the others before them. Two other things I got to see included the Becoming documentary by Michelle Obama on Netflix, which was amazing. And I also got to see Jill Scott and Erica Badu's versus battle on Instagram. And I have to say this, the essence of sisterhood that was displayed on that Instagram live, I don't even know that you can call that a battle, but it was what I needed (laughs) to soothe my spirit and my soul. And it was just beautiful to watch. So these are the three things I'm going to be referencing throughout this podcast. So let's get started with Girls Trek. There's a clip in the Facebook Live on Girl Strike where one of the moderators asked Nikki Giovanni and Angela Davis for their perspective on how they felt considering that in 2020 was the first time that there was a Black Miss Universe, Miss America, Miss USA, and Teen USA, and then Nikki Giovanni... <laughs> This woman is hilarious. So she goes, oh, well, you know, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. 
Angela Davis apparently does. And she responded beautifully to having Black women represented on all of these massive platforms. So she talks about the politics of appearance, specifically as it relates to hair in the Black community, especially for women. Angela Davis goes on to talk about texturism and colorism, and in a nutshell, texturism just means discrimination based on hair texture, and it's the same thing for colorism. Discrimination based on skin color, and the notion of both is that the closer your hair texture or skin color is closer to Eurocentric standards of beauty, the prettier you are. So this is the part where I had to pause and gather myself because Angela Davis then goes on to say that in the Black community, we tend to internalize standards of beauty that have absolutely nothing to do with beauty. And beauty is about freedom and liberation. In the last episode of this podcast, I reference a memory where I remember going to visit a relative and a comment was made about my hair. And in Garifuna, they said, which means she has bad hair or her hair is ugly. And again, I'm assuming that this person didn't think that I would understand what they were saying. So this person happens to be my grandmother, (laughs) my maternal grandmother. And of course, I felt some way when she said it. So after listening to the live on Girls Trek, one of the things that resonated for me was trying to understand the mindset of that statement and where it came from. One of the things that Nikki Giovanni said is that we have to know our audience. And we're asking the wrong person or the people, rather, whether or not we're pretty when their answer is going to be on their perception of what beauty is. When I think of Black beauty and the world that defines our beauty, and when I say our beauty, I'm talking about Black women, it's fundamentally and irrationally wrong. The Daughters of campaign was created to pay homage to our mothers and their mothers and so forth and so forth. And I think that for me, when I think about my lineage and my grandmothers, one of the things that I was curious about, which is one of the fundamental principles of IFS, and if you listen to the last episode, I mentioned IFS. IFS stands for Internal Family Systems. IFS is an evidence-based practice that works to stabilize and or align the parts within our higher self. And then the idea is that our inner parts work collaboratively to maintain balance when external burdens are internalized or forced in our inner parts that take on extreme roles. And an example could be our emotions are referenced as parts and think of parts as apps on a cell phone and then your higher self being the actual phone. So one of the principles of IFS is the highest self and it's it's broken down into the eight C's. And the eight C's stands for curiosity, calm, courage, compassion, clarity, creativity, confidence, which is my favorite, and connectedness. One of the things I've been learning about myself in this journey of life (laughs) is anytime that I have a memory about something, and therapy has taught me this, and teaching it to other people, but also learning and relearning for myself is that just because you understand something doesn't mean that, number one, it doesn't hurt, 
um, it doesn't bother you or a, a, an emotion is activated for you, I'm not immune from the human experience. And if you're listening to this, neither are you. So I'm listening to the girl track live with um, Nikki Giovanni and Angela Davis. And one of the things that was mentioned in the live was how our ancestors weren't expected or even intended to survive. So a lot of the coping skills that they use were strictly for survival. And one of the things that comes up in IFS is legacy burdens. Let's break down this word a little bit because it can be loaded and heavy. So the legacy part is your lineage. And the burden means a belief, feelings, or sensations and or of energies accumulated by past hurts or traumas. And legacy burdens or putting the words together just means burdens that have been passed down to you. So an example could be, as we're talking about natural hair, there was a time where I believed that relaxing my hair was a must and you would not catch sis. <laughs> out here past the six to eight week mark without getting the roots touched up. Like it was just not going to happen. And for me, that was a learned behavior that this was something that I had to do in order to keep up the look of, I don't know, straight hair. That's learned behavior. That wasn't my own thought and or belief of something that I absolutely had to keep on doing. Now in my 32 year old self, If and when I were to ever decide to go back to getting relaxers, it is because I am now making the conscious decision to do that for myself based on beliefs that I've based on beliefs that I have formulated myself, not something that my grandmother, my mom, an aunt, uncle, friend has encouraged me to do. As I think about the statement that was made, which means bad hair or your hair is ugly. I am curious about the message that my grandmother received and I'm curious about the message or where she learned that from, where she learned that from and what it meant in the thirties, in the 1930s, which is when she was born. And I'm assuming that her mom was probably born somewhere around the early 1900s and my great, great grandmother somewhere like in the late 1800s. So when you look at the time and the context of what has been passed down, it makes sense why this comment was made. If the goal is survival and the goal is to not be seen and not be heard and to live, then yes, it makes sense why that statement was made. I'm not excusing it. I'm not saying that it's right. It just is. In the second episode of this podcast, I talked about what happened right after I heard that. So my grandma says the statement. I'm just like, whoop. My body was just like, hello, hi, everyone. I have to go. Peace out. And I left. I was there maybe about a good minute, if that. Two minutes, I'm being very generous. Now, I can't, I'm not in a position to, well, I am in a position to say this. So what, what comes up, so usually what happens is that there's a, there's a legacy burden um, and a part may be activated for you. Now, I the part I'm unsure about, even now in recording this, is if 
the fight or flight that came up for me in that moment, was that a protector or was it an exile? Now, in IFS, a protector is dominant and the purpose of the protector is just that, to protect you. So that may look like an outburst, that may look like running. Well, I just answered my own question. So what came up was a protector. (laughs) And the role of the protector is to maintain the system and in IFS and exile is more vulnerable and it holds on to pain and it goes into hiding. So I would, to give you a visual, the protector is what got me out of um, my relative's home and what the protector was protecting was the part of me that felt hurt in hearing that from um, the matriarch in our family. And there's no right or wrong I think that for me, what I needed in that moment, because truthfully, I felt self-conscious. That's really the root of it all. I felt self-conscious. But in learning confidence and learning to just try new things, I did it anyway, which to me signifies courage, which is one of the the eight C's in IFS. For me, one of the things that, that also comes up um, in relation to the eight C's in IFS is compassion and curiosity. And I say this because I think that the younger generation, and I'm including myself in this statement, the younger generation holds our elders to standards that we have for what we need in this time without always taking into account, and it goes both ways, without without taking, without always taking into account the time in which they were raised, um, the ideology that was passed down to them, and also what they believe to be right at the time. And it's not, it's again, no right or wrong. I believe that it's dated. And with that being said, with dated information, if you're not cognizant or even aware of the message that you're sending, you're not present with what's going on. So I know that like with listening to the Girl Trek Live with Nikki Giovanni and um, Angela Davis, I just had... So much compassion for everything that my mom, my grandma, her mom, and her mom endured and went through so that I have opportunities available to me. Because I think that it is a privilege to be in a position to choose. It is a privilege to be in a position to have options. It is a privilege to have access. And these are things that were not accessible to the women before me. So I, I, in, in feeling that, in processing rather, in processing the curiosity and processing the feeling of compassion, I also feel like just a lot of gratitude. Gratitude for the opportunities that I have access to that create the options where I make decisions based on my needs in this present time. So in the Becoming documentary, one of the things that uh, Michelle Obama was talking about was being the first in her family to pursue higher education and having access to that created a whole set of, not issues, but I'll just say issues for lack of a better word, where as a black woman, you stand out. And going back to the statement about how, or the politics of beauty and the politics of appearance, instead of looking at this woman who is highly educated, 
the tabloids are ripping her to shreds about what designer gown she's wearing or what designer outfit she's wearing. It's just like, really? You could be super smart and have all this education, all this access, and your appearance is what's going to catch someone or the, the public's eye. So I said this all to say that the politics of appearance unfortunately does matter, which is what Nikki Giovanni and Angela Davis were saying on the Girl Trek Live. And what came up for me was redefining what womanhood is. In this time, considering where we come from, where we are, and also the foundation that we want to leave behind for our daughters and their daughters' daughters in a way where there's some kind of healthy balance. And one of the memories that comes up for me, it was when I was about like maybe 14-ish. So my mom gave birth to a set of twins who are now 18. And um, at the time, I remember my grandma was home with us and my mom had just given birth. I'm talking about Like, sick is not even the word, like, where her health was. It was just constantly fluctuating up and down. In addition to that, you have a set of twins who are, like, tag-teaming. One will cry. The other one falls asleep. The the one that was crying falls asleep. The other one wakes up. Sometimes they're both crying together. For the moms that are listening to this, kudos, and I salute you because it is rough. Um, And I had the experience as the older sister to help and see, see that play out. And my grandmother was staying with us at the time. And my mom, she just couldn't, she couldn't do all of the things that she needed to do um, with a new set of twins and then three other children that were all in new schools or separate schools. And it was one of the first times that I saw my grandmother in a different light. So my grandmother has 10 children. Well, nine now because one passed away. Um, But at the time it was 10 children. And she... She just looks so beautiful to me. And when I say beautiful, I mean in the freedom and in the... She, it was almost like she was gliding. Like, she just took care of home. And I think for me, as someone who has so much access, you kind of downplay, or not you, I, I downplayed the essence of womanhood and minimizing the work that it takes to raise children, but also the work that it takes to sustain a household. It was almost like the story that I told myself was, I would never be that. I want to make sure that I have my own, and I want to make sure that I can do for myself without realizing that the reason why I am able to do for myself and have all this opportunity is because the woman before me sacrificed so that I do have access. As I think about healthy balance at this stage in my life, I'm, I'm seeing both. So both in that I still want a happy and fulfilling career where I have something for myself outside of marriage and children and also desiring companionship and a family. The best way to say it is like there's no blueprint to how this is going to look. Because even when I look at the generational changes between my grandmother, my mother, and myself, my grandmother speaks fluent Garifuna, limited Spanish, no English. My mom speaks English, Garifuna, and Spanish, fluent in all three. And then I'm more the watered-down Garifuna, fluent in Spanish and fluent in English. So we have three generations that have ex- that have lived through three different times and working to sustain a culture, but also being intentional about fostering overall health. And I love that Angela Davis said that the true definition of beauty is 
about freedom and liberation and overall health. And she defined overall health physically, spiritually, and mentally. And as a therapist, the mental part stands out to me the most because the health of my mind, the health of our minds is very important. And what stands out or what comes to my mind as I'm thinking about this is like the behavioral cycle, the behavior cycle. So you have thoughts or it starts with thoughts and feelings and isn't it doesn't play out in any specific order, but thoughts and feelings can be triggered or activated by experiences or memories, or a feeling or emotion can trigger the experience or the memory, and then it drives the behavior. So whichever way the thought or the emotion or the experience comes about, it is going to shift how you think about it. It is going to shift how you feel about it, and most importantly, how you behave as a result of the experience that you had. So I started the weekend with Nikki Giovanni, Angela Davis, throw some Michelle Obama in there. And it was good for me emotionally and mentally to kind of just come down from the the tsunami of information, but also like insightfulness that came from it too. Because I think that sometimes we forget that there's nothing new under the sun. And what I'm experiencing to an extent isn't new. What is new is the time in which I'm having this experience and also the voice that I am able to use to advocate not only for myself, but for other people who are also experiencing something similar. That part is new. The rest of my weekend ended with enjoying the Instagram live between Erica Badu and Jill Scott. And I literally felt like I was held. It was almost like the ancestors were were holding me. <laughs> They were holding me because of everything that has just, you know, transpired and taken place. And I felt soothed. So I just want to dedicate this episode to the women before me, my lovely mother, Santiago Bernardes, my grandmother, Fermina Zapata, my great-grandmother, Modesta Martinez, and my great-great-great-grandmother, Tomasa Fernandez. I appreciate you. And may your dreams and my dreams continue to live on. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And I look forward to our next conversation. Adios.